Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to the Umarpreneur podcast. My name is Abiy Lasmar. I'm your host and today I have with me a very special guest, brother Mo Khan, who is not only a amazing nasheed artist, mashallah ta'ala, but also he is the founder of Control Production Group and Control Recruitment Group. So he's also an entrepreneur as well as a creative and an artist. And today I'm not only going to talk to him about what inspired him to go down his creative journey and how really he became an artist and what he did to grow his audience and his following, but also how he ended up being an entrepreneur and what he's doing on the business side of things. So it's very much going to be an interesting conversation with lots of golden nuggets to take away. So make sure you're listening closely. And brother Mo, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited. Walaikum salam. Walaikum salam, Abi. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. And it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. I've actually, I've listened to a few of your episodes in the past. Um, I actually checked earlier today and I've got one of your old episodes on my watch list. And it's been there forever. But now now that we're doing this podcast, inshallah, I'm going to aim to listen to it. Um, I think you know which which episode it is. It's, um, I, I, it's been I on my watch curious. list for a long time. Which one is it, actually? I'm curious. Which it's one is the, it? Uh, the the yeah, Noman Ali Khan one. Yes. Love it. So, love yeah, it. That one is one of my favorites, mashallah. It's, it's been it's one. been like adding to a, ever, a forever long list of like uh, things that I've been wanting to watch on YouTube. But I think after, after we do this, I'm actually going to... Uh, check it out inshallah amazing mashallah and well dude i'm really happy to have you on i'm glad that you uh were you know uh, a listener of this podcast before coming on that's always an honor for me to to know and i appreciate you sharing that and you know on my side as well i'm very much a fan mashallah of uh the the, the nasheed that you put out and you know what you do in the creative side but i'm not very familiar with you as an entrepreneur so before we dive into you know the whole creative side of things can you tell me more about what inspired you to become an entrepreneur in the first place? Because you're not someone who's taken the traditional path clearly, like not even through the nine to five or even through what you do for a living. So you're clearly yeah. an outlier. Yeah. When when was it or what period in your life did you realize that you were an outlier and that you wanted to do something different than the traditional kind of nine to five work till retirement? I think um, for me, it started from a very young age. So like um, what you guys call high school, you know, we had like, business week and things like that where as as you'd get into little teams and do like business projects and um whilst i wasn't great at school i was great when we had those type of things so um and plus with the encouragement of my parents uh my father was disabled so um he took early retirement so growing up i'd always known you know my parents both my parents were at home so i didn't have a household where my father would go to work and do a nine to five or anything like that so alhamdulillah i was blessed in that way where you know both my parents would give me all of their time so um it was a lot of encouragement from my parents and um just as i grew i realized that you know what um i'm not the best uh like in terms of schooling and stuff like mm. that and college and even even when i went to university i went to university late i like I finished college and then I was like, I'm not going to go to uni. And then I eventually went to uni. And then when I came out of uni is when I started my first nine to five, which I worked at for about just over a year. And um, and I think in my first six months of being there, I was working there with a, a friend of mine, like a child, a friend of mine. Uh, and at that time, I said to him, I looked at the whole business model. It was like an immigration law firm. So I said to him, I was like, Do you know what? I was like, the concept and what they're doing here is so simple. This is something we could just do ourselves. Uh, and they were one of the biggest immigration law firms at the time in the UK. So um, so that idea like kind of was discussed within like my first six months of being there. And, and a year from there, we basically left and set up our own business and set up our own immigration law firm that we ran for, that I was involved with for like nearly six years. Mashallah. Um, so Alhamdulillah. So, you know, from a young age, like, 
you know, I, I worked a nine to five out of uni for about a year and a half and then started my own business. Wow, Michelle, that's amazing. And at that time, when you were going through that journey and you were building out that, uh, that law firm or that immigration firm, sorry, did you at that time already have any ties to music or were you already starting on the side of your musical journey or did that come at a later stage in life? Uh, that was that was like the creative side of things. So I, I've always been very creative. Um, you know, my father used to like write poetry and stuff. Uh, my mom, my mom's a very good artist. Like we've got paintings that she's painted, like hanging on our walls and stuff. So, so but from both sides, my parents were creative. So, so yeah, I had the the musical side that I used to do like from a young age, but it was more recreational. So it's more just for fun. Um, Right. The most professional thing I did was probably I went into like writing sessions with other artists in studios, but never anything for myself. It was always working with other artists, writing, songwriting things, uh, projects and stuff like that. So so that was always kind of in the background. Uh, mm -hmm. But once I started like my own business, like that was all forgotten about for a good few years. Okay. What would you say the reason for that was? Um, the business took over my life. <laughs> so like... So, you know, Alhamdulillah, it was, a, it, was it grew really quickly and, um, and, you know, we did better than we expected, you know, uh, an important thing I always say to everyone when I'm speaking to them about business and stuff or anyone who kind of comes to me for advice about all oh, this thinking of starting, you know, any type of business, whether it's, mm -hmm. whether it's in catering, whether it's in recruitment or anything, I always say to them, look, you need a business plan. You need to kind of like draw out your whole journey of what what you're hoping to achieve or what you know your best case and worst case scenario of how this business that you're planning to do could could uh, could pan out um just so you kind of know you know you have a solid direction if you've got a, a well-written business plan and and you know you can always kind of use that to see where you're at what your expectations were uh, what you've achieved what you failed to achieve and all of those things so um so you know once once we kind of we had a solid business plan. Um, we started that business and, and it really took off. And once it took off, it kind of like um, took over my life. And um, but not, not in a bad way. It was like, um, I, I was never, it was never a case of like, we were working seven days a week or working mm -hmm. like, you know, eight till 12 midnight or anything like that. It was, it was you know, everything planned out. Uh, everything came to fruition how we planned it. And, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, we, we were busy with that business and consistently growing it over the six years. That's amazing, Michelle. And I completely relate to and That's the reason why I asked that question, because I mean, for me, you know, go going through this journey of being an entrepreneur and I've, and I've built three businesses now and it's been over almost a decade, it's been very hard to kind of shift my focus towards other things. And it's interesting because uh, we're just entering the new year right now. We're recording this on January 3rd. And um, when, uh, when I started thinking to myself what I wanted to focus on this year, one of the big things for me that came out was actually balance, like learning how to really balance a little bit more at this stage in my entrepreneurial journey, how yeah. I can balance all these different areas of my life. Yeah. So you were building this immigration firm and then what made you transition towards a different business? Because right now you told me you have something else going on. So can you tell me more about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, with, the, with the immigration business, um, it was something that I fell into. So as I mentioned to you, um, it was my first role out of uni. I worked there a year and a half. Um, I always wanted to kind of have my own business. And I thought, you know what? I know the business inside out. So it's something we went into. And I was more kind of driven by like starting a business and growing it and learning with the growth. And uh, as you know, as I've mentioned, like 
when you have your own business, like you're thrown in the deep end. So it's like mm. it's things that just cannot be taught. Like once you do it, once you're on that journey, you're going to learn, you know, uh, you're going to, you're going to either sink or swim as they say. So, you know, Alhamdulillah, I, I, uh, I learned a lot during that business. And then I got the itch of, um, of doing something different, trying something new. So, um, so yeah, that's where I'm, um, I then left, um, I sold my part of the business um, of the immigration law firm. I worked at a cloud computing business for um, for about two years. And during that time is when um, my brother-in-law, who was in recruitment at the time, he'd, um, he'd, he'd recently gone into recruitment. And a few years earlier, I'd, um, I'd been in discussions with someone um, about starting a recruitment business. But um, that individual had, had never kind of done business before. And um, and they kind of got cold feet when it came time to kind of um, putting the money where their mouth is, so to speak. So so nothing really happened. I had like I had kind of everything planned out, but then it was on the back burner. And then when my brother-in-law, um, who like you know he's like a a real brother to me, and you know we're really close as family, he went into recruitment. I said, look, you know, find your feet, see see how you know your experience is, and if you're doing well and you're enjoying it, then you know recruitment is definitely a business that you know. You can we can do ourselves and we can do it together and i'd be more than happy to partner with you um i think doing a business with someone is always better than just completely on your own because you don't have that pressure um mm. of caring about the business of thinking about it daily um all on your own everything's kind of shared and it makes a massive difference as well especially with people you can trust a lot of people say oh don't go into business with family but um I think everything depends on the individuals and your relationship and everything. I, you know, I would say I've got a really good relationship with like loads of people in my family. So I trust most of them with my life. And um, if I trust them with my life, then I'm definitely going to trust them with business. Right. That makes sense. hundred percent. And it's interesting what you say about partnership because it really is always more difficult to take it all upon your own shoulders. And sometimes even just for me with my team, like I consider them partners in the business and really having that ability to kind of get on meetings with them, talk about different ideas, different things that we're going through, how we're going to solve certain problems is always, you know, such a game changer versus, you know, doing it on your own. And sometimes when you don't have a partner, at least having some type of like coach, mentor, some type of support system where you can go and consult with someone else and get that support is, is so important. And so at what point in your journey, Mo, did you, did you start to take your creative side more seriously and your music more seriously? So, um, so basically, just as we were starting our recruitment business, um, out of the blue, I basically suffered a brain hemorrhage. Oh, so uh, I was playing basketball with some friends on like a Monday evening, um, and then um, and then complete. It, it was the first time I remember. It was the first time we were playing basketball after Ramadan. So um, so I remember I had, had a busy day. I didn't eat much that day, so I started playing basketball and I was feeling really weird. And then I was thinking to myself, Do you know what? I haven't been smart. I'm, you know, I'm playing an intense game of basketball after Ramadan. And like, um, you know, I'm probably just feeling a bit lightheaded from that. And then like my mild headache turned into like the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And, um, you know, they called the ambulance and I, I literally went in the ambulance to the hospital, like screaming all the way. It was wow, literally, I think I, I remember like looking through like my fingers as I had my hands covered my face covered with my hands and I could see like that even the ambulance people were like thinking like this guy, like, I don't know what's going on with this black guy, but it's serious. So, um, so long story short, I went to hospital. Uh, they told me like I've suffered like major bleeding in my brain and stuff. And, um, and Alhamdulillah, I survived it. Um, I spent about two weeks in hospital. 
um, I came out of hospital and I had to kind of almost rebuild um, a lot of like the things that I used to take for granted. So like when I first came out of hospital, I couldn't sit at a laptop for like more than like half an hour. I couldn't stare at a screen. Um, you know, a lot of lights were too bright when I was driving. Um, and, you know, I had, I had multiple like health issues related to it, which Alhamdulillah have all, you know, you know, I've, I've fully, I've made a full recovery now. Thank God I'm doing almost everything that I used to do prior to the brain hemorrhage I'm doing. So, um, so that was like a, you know, as people say, like a, a second chance from God, literally. And um, when I was in the hospital bed at the time, I was like, I was listening to like, as you do anytime you're in like a serious situation, especially as Muslims, you know, I'm listening to lectures, I'm watching this video, that video, and then I'm like coming across some nasheeds, but like, you know, in my time when I first was doing those things in creative, there was almost no one barring like Mahazain and Sami Yusuf. So then I'm discovering all these new artists and I'm in my hospital bed. And I remember like um, tweeting a few of them and messaging a few of them just saying, look, amazing work. Um, I used to do this type of stuff like creatively for other artists. And if you ever want to work together, then reach out to me and so on. And, um, and from those initial messages, like I made good friends with a few of them, like years on. Like we met and, um, and, and, you know, that's once I had kind of, it took a few months to kind of get back into going into an office and working and stuff. But once I'd recovered and once like the business was up and running um, on the side, um, I was like, I was writing, I was writing poetry. I was writing lyrics uh, for, for song ideas and things like that. And part of that, I feel, um, you know, anytime at that time when I was writing or doing any work, I'd have like severe headaches. Um, and I remember just like kind of just working through the headaches and just forcing myself to work and forcing myself to write. And I feel like that was almost kind of like a, <clears throat> I was like, the pain was like from obviously the injury and the, the hemorrhage, but like me doing that was kind of like working out my brain and just ex giving it that exercise and that push that it really needed to kind of get back to normal. Mm. Um, so all the songwriting and everything that I was then doing was like, I felt like it was a blessing in disguise that because I felt like it really helped accelerate my recovery and my ability to kind of do everything that I used to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, then, then from there, when, whilst, whilst trying to build the recruitment business with my brother-in-law, I was also like songwriting and going into sessions and, and working with other established artists. And, and that's where it started for, from. And gradually, you know, a few years later, and then I started releasing my own material. Yeah. Mashallah, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, alhamdulillah that you're fully recovered right now. That's a, uh, that's good to hear. And it doesn't sound like an easy experience to go through. How long ago was that? That was, that was about, that was, um, I've been doing the recruitment business for like six years. So it's been six years since the hemorrhage. So it was right at the start of that business. So, um, it was a stressful, it was a worrying time. I remember like my wife, who's amazing, you know, we had our first child at the time. So like my, my son was about three months old or two months old. And then I had a brain hemorrhage. So like, you know, it's like with, with anyone who has a family or children, um, it's the greatest blessing, but it's also the greatest test in terms of like, you know, it really builds your character, builds your patience, um, you know, so like all of that for, for a, a period of time, my wife was doing on her own while I was recovering. So, um, so all of that was like a crazy, it was a crazy time, but you know, now thank God I can look back on it and I can say like, you know, that was a blessing and um, yeah. you know we learned from our for the, from these trials we have and you know I've, I've moved on and moved forward and um, and grown a lot from it yeah when you're writing uh your nasheeds and your songs what is it that you're trying to communicate to the listener 
what is what is it that you would generally want them to feel is it is it different for every single for every single thing that you write or is there a particular overarching feeling emotion state that you're trying to get your listeners to i think um alhamdulillah like i'm inclined to write about god and islam and spirituality and things like that so anytime i write it's always um with that in mind with you know you know whether, whether it's whether it's talking about like our struggles with like um practicing or mm. the pressures or of like islamophobia and how you know the world sometimes feels like it's against us as muslims it's all kind of you know based in and related to islam and allah and that's the, the priorities you know kind of reminding people of their deen of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and um having that as a you know you know a halal alternative so to speak because mm -hmm. like music industry in general I understand you know there's difference opinion difference of opinion on music in general and musical instruments um you know the, the vast majority say you know you can't use instruments unless it's like a duff or a percussion or whatever but then there's some who say you can um but the content has to be you know halal so um yeah. so there is that difference of opinion but in general if we're just looking at music whether even if you consider all instruments to be fine the music industry in general is literally nowadays is like almost pornography, like audio pornography, the, you know, the filth that gets put out on daytime radio that children can listen to and they take in and they listen to it over and over again is like, um, is terrible. And, you know, it's right. like a, it's like a disaster for many people, even, even for myself. Like um, when I was younger, going back to me saying like, I wasn't so great at school, a lot of it was I was in with the you know wrong crowd, bad influences, and um, and you know a, a, you know a big part of that is you know when when you're in with the bad influences in the wrong crowd, then you 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 know you entertain yourself with all the wrong things as well, and all the you know majorly ignorant things. So um, yeah. so you know music is like a a big uh, fitna, should I say, for, for for all of us, but especially with the content, which is ninety nine percent of the content is just something that is you know. We shouldn't be listening to it's not i don't think it's right. fitting of us as muslims to be like you know taking in a lot of that content understood definitely so is part of it that you feel like you want to give people who might listen to the mainstream media and might listen to things that as you mentioned aren't necessarily appropriate or in line with our values as muslims an alternative that they can not <laughs> only not is going to be halal but that they can connect to in terms of their faith and who they are and that can hopefully even inspire them yeah 100 i think for me if i was to go in order the, the the first thing is i love the process so i thoroughly enjoy the creative process of like writing lyrics putting together a song production everything from scratch and hearing the final product you know that's like the, the greatest buzz for me like um, i'm yeah. a big basketball fan i'm a big football fan but like that I enjoy more than anything in terms of sports or anything creative or anything. So I love the creative process. And then after that, you know, um, I'm blessed that like, you know, I'm inclined to speak about things that are beneficial, things, you know, relating to our deen and things like that. So anytime I write, it's always got to relate, you know, it's got to hopefully hit the heart um, rather than reach the charts. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> as some old favorite rappers might, might have said but um but yeah it's always got to be relatable like um especially with what we do right because you want the lyrics to mean something you want it to be like a positive reminder um you know Quran, Quran is priority right nothing can overtake that but I think after that you know some people listen to le le um, 
lectures and and talks and stuff like that some people will listen to like a nasheed and that will give them a reminder you know i can say that for myself like you know when i was in hospital that's what i was doing i was listening to lectures i was learning new things but then for entertainment i was like i want to i want to listen to something more spiritual i want to still be listening to something that's going to remind me of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know help me kind of stay on the right path yeah definitely mashallah and you know one question that i have for you is you're now, mashallah, like collabing with a lot of amazing other Muslim artists as well. There's a question that I have about that. But before I do is, at what point in your journey, when we're talking about your, your artist journey specifically, did you, did you realize or did you feel like, oh, this, is, this could potentially be a little bit more than a hobby? Was there a specific event? Was there a specific track that kind of you know, took off or made you feel like, okay, this is, people are actually like liking this, listening to it and they're sharing it and there's positive reception? Yeah, I think um, I think when I had started working on my own material, <clears throat> like I, I'd say some of the songs I'm releasing that I've released over the last year, including the stuff that I'm going to release next year, I've I've made them like probably about two, three years ago. <laughs> so like I've I've had them made for a long time and I've just not released it because I, I, as you put it, you know, I, I initially started it as a hobby that I wanted to balance between my career and work and business and still have those hobbies and the creative side that I used to so enjoy um, back in the day. So um, yeah. but I think for me, when I made these songs like and, and played them to other artist friends and other creatives that I really respect and I, you know, I take their advice and opinion and some of them might mentor me and things like that. All of them were like, firstly, they're always very honest. So if I've made something that somebody doesn't like, they're like, oh, I like this, but I don't like this. Um, I think you shouldn't, you know, but most of the time with everything I was coming out with, it was like a resounding, like, this is amazing. Why the hell have you not put it out already? So, um, so, so, and, and, you know, with everything, like uh, I've been slow to release things, but everything I've released is like usually been on the back of a lot of my artist friends telling me, release it, release it. When is it going to be released? What the hell are you doing? Put it out, please. So, um, <laughs> so I've had, you know, people that I respect who've given me really honest feedback, but also extremely positive feedback with the stuff that I've made. So that's when I kind of thought, you know what, maybe this could be something more. And when I released it, I've had a lot of good feedback. You know, you get mess. I'm, I'm sure even with you guys, when you have like, you put out a podcast, you get yeah. feedback, you get DMs, you get people who've been like moved positively or made a change in their life. And anytime you see or read something like that, that's when you think like, that's what, that's what really keeps you going. So like 100%. over the views, over the views or over the streams of people listening on, you know, Apple or Spotify or whatever, I'm sure like the personal messages where it's actually moved someone or made someone do something positive means infinitely more than like the numbers, so to speak. A hundred percent. I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, it's interesting because even even for my team, like when we started this podcast, we don't have the views, we didn't have the numbers. Even till, even till today, it's still nowhere near where we ultimately want them to get to because we always aspire for more as entrepreneurs, don't we? But um, it's always been from the start uh, with my team and they can assess to this. It's always been if we can inspire one person positively, if we can help one person, if one person can listen to this and can walk away and get something yeah. positive out of it, then it's worth it. And that's who we're doing it for. It's not yeah. for the hundred, it's not for the thousand, it's not for the million, it's for that one person who could like really needs this right now. Yeah. Um, so ultimately when you kind of shift your focus to that and how I can serve and how it can impact versus like, how can I grow the numbers as quickly as possible, which is still important. But if you kind of just focus on that, the minute your numbers drop or the minute the views aren't as high as you want them to be, you're going to feel let down, you're going to feel unmotivated. But if you if you just shift back the focus towards who am I, like, can I just 
help one person? Can I impact one person? Then that's going to keep you going, inshallah. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're looking just at numbers, that's when you fall victim to like the algorithms and, you know, mm -hmm. trying to cater to, you know, what works on social media only. And you forget like your own creative side or how you want to do things and what makes you different. So, um, so yeah, I think that that mentality is important to like, you know, give back and so on. How does being an artist compare to being an entrepreneur? Do you feel like they're connected in any way? Um, the the artistic side is um, definitely more fun. <laughs> Got it. The entrepreneur side is fun as well, without a doubt. But obviously, like, um, there's more pressure involved. There's more, like, f f with what we do, where, you know, w once we're in the office, we're like 100 miles per hour. We're like, yeah. you know, nonstop. Um, whereas the creative side, because ultimately it is kind of a side hustle, it's, um, it's different for me. Um, Whereas I've, I, you know, I would say it's, it's still entrepreneurship, right? It's still a business. It's still, you know, my, my friends who are, who do this full time and it's careers, um, you know, they, they're, they're businessmen, they're, they're, yeah. they're producers and so on, but ultimately they're, they're in business and, and they're entrepreneurs and they treat it like a business. And, um, you know, they look at statistics and numbers and, you know, where they can kind of, you know, make waves and make differences and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I think the creative side obviously is a, a bit, a, a little bit more enjoyable. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, because, you know, it's interesting, but I actually think entrepreneurship itself can be a very creative activity when, and depends in which time and in which phase, but like having to always figure out like what is going to be that next step, what is going to be the next stage and how you can craft the right products, the right services, the right offers for the right audience. And like, how can you reach them in the right way? I think that in itself as well is a very creative process, but I do understand that it's like having that ability where you're kind of di dive, diving into the artistic side of things fully yeah. uh, is very satisfying. And even for myself, sometimes I like to still go in occasionally and kind of design some of our social media graphics and, you know, edit some of our videos just because I enjoy it. I find that to be like a very fulfilling activity. Course, um, yeah. If someone didn't know about you and wanted to get an idea of who you were and what kind of music you released from the artistic side of things specifically, What's yeah. the first song you would tell them to go listen to? Um, I would say Life of a Refugee. Okay. Which is um which is basically about is an idea I came up with a, a friend of mine, Sabic Poetry. Um we were talking about a little concept for a song. <clears throat> he himself was a refugee. Um he came, you know, his parents uh, left Somalia when he was very young and uh, he settled in uh, in Switzerland. So um, it was an idea we discussed about, you know, we were seeing more and more at that time with Brexit and everything going on in the UK yeah. and like um, the picture they were painting for refugees coming over, like they were, they were rats, they were almost not human. So this was kind of like a, a song that we made from the perspective of a refugee, like this is what we go through, this is what we've left behind, this is what we've lost, like, you know, if you were, if you were living our life, how would, you know, how would you feel? Uh, and just kind of putting uh, a human lens on it again. Whereas in the news, it was the complete opposite. It was um, it was racist. It was um, all sorts of negative things relating to like refugees and what they were going through. Right. Uh, that's interesting. Well, I'm definitely going to make sure to give that a listen, a listen as well as we'll drop a link to it in the description and shall if you're able to check it out. And tell me about your work with your recruitment agency right now. What is it that you're focusing on? And maybe potentially even 
who is it that you serve? Could there be a listener some, you know, somewhere that could potentially benefit from, from those services? So, um, so yeah, so our recruitment business is focused on tech. So, um, whether it's software engineers, whether it's cloud architects, whether it's DevOps people, um, you know, we cater to, um, a range of like st- some of the best startups here in the UK, yeah. um, as well as a, a few bigger businesses, um, as well as some uh, businesses in Europe and the, the US as well. So, right. um, so we work with a, an array of companies, everything from like tech startups to upwards, and um, in general, yeah, uh, we we mainly operate in um, in the UK, uh, but we do have clients in in and around Europe as well as in in, in the US as well. Amazing, mashallah. That's really cool. And so who who is it specifically that that's listening? Who could be listening potentially that could potentially ben, like work with you guys or who should we send to you that might be listening to this podcast? So um, <laughs> in, in, in tech, every, everyone knows in tech, the, the competition's insane in terms of like any kind of tech roles, especially like software yeah. engineering and DevOps and things like that. So um, a lot of companies are struggling to hire real talent. Um, mm. Any type of real talent kind of comes onto the market, they've gone within days. And um, and often when they come onto the market, they're spoiled for choice. They got it good. Right. You know, they got like four or five job opportunities. With us, 99% of what we do is headhunting. So we approach people that may not even necessarily be looking for a new role or looking for that new opportunity. Uh, but we can see from their resume or their their profiles that they're clearly talented and and often we'll reach out to them and you know open a dialogue sometimes we may not even have like a client looking for a specific role but i'll come across someone who's talented at a networking event or whatever i'll keep in touch with them and um, and you know often you know something might come along along the way in terms of roles in terms of talent we've got a huge network and it's like an ever-growing network we've got our own like um social recruitment tool that we've developed in-house which kind of helps us find those candidates that are not obviously out there in the market again it helps us with our um, with our head hunting and stuff like that so if you're looking for anyone kind of talented in technology for your business um then you know we can we can usually find the right person amazing michelle well thank you for so much for sharing that because we do have entrepreneurs listening and they could potentially benefit from that so my last question to you to kind of wrap up this this insightful discussion that we've been having is how do you balance it all Right. You're someone who works as an entrepreneur and, and mashallah, yeah. you know, you have this recruitment agency and you also have, uh, you know, your artist side and like the nasheeds that you put out and the songs that you put out. So how do you balance everything? You also have a family, you have a newborn. How does it all work for you? Um, I think the biggest like um, benefit that I've got from in, in terms of keeping balance um, and not kind of diving way too deep and just forgetting myself and hours of work and you know neglecting family and things like that is the fact that you know i'm muslim and alhamdulillah like from from the from the first business i started the immigration law firm that we had um it was you know we did well but as i mentioned to you you know we were never working seven days a week we were never working like till 10 11 just chasing more and more money um you know we 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 had that balance just based on the fact that alhamdulillah we're doing well you know i'm blessed um as i said to you my father retired like from before I remember. So, so they, my parents raised me on a pension. So we never, we didn't have much growing up. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't, there was, there was a lot of like things that I desired as a kid where my parents would reluctantly say no to, but um, you know, and, and that made me appreciate that when I had my business and I made it a success, you know, it, I was like, you know, I was thankful to God 
that you know he'd given me that given me that opportunity and put me in that position and um i never let it kind of get away. I, I never just got carried away just because alhamdulillah when i started my business that's I, I was practicing as well by then and and i always kept that balance that look we do our work within these hours and then the rest of the time is for family for you know children for you know your wife for your for your parents and things like that and i think that just automatically happened because like we weren't so like overly driven by like you know getting more and and chasing the money and getting more material things and you know once we were in a position where this is a clear success and we've got a consistent business um you know we dedicated the time that was required but we didn't ever overdo it right right so so for you it was it was less about kind of building continuing to like push 150% all the time to build like the next Amazon, but it's more about like, how can we build a successful business that provides for ourselves and our families and do the things that we love to do while balancing that with our, uh, as you mentioned, like our, our, the time that we spend in relationships, our time spent in spirituality and our, in our worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything else that matters to us from what I yeah. understand. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I think, now now that you know we see all these like motivational speakers and inspirational talks and you know, they're talking about like um intermittent fasting and you know breaking that nine to five now i realize that you know obviously it was beneficial that like we you know we st stayed within our hours and we never we never overworked ourselves or anything like that so there's also that side so even separate from the fact that i'm muslim and you know i was never you know, I kind of kept my balance of like being driven for success and while, you know, still giving time to the important things. Even if you exclude that, I think just like to be successful and, you know, they're doing an experiment right now in the UK where they're doing four day week work weeks. So there's mm. 200 plus companies that have for the last few months been doing uh, like a four day work week instead of a five day work week. And that's, that's cool. and I think I'm pretty sure I don't have an exact statistic on it, but I think the vast majority of the companies have said our productivity has gone up and it's been better mm -hmm. for us. You know, well-rested, you know, a well-rested team um, is better than somebody working long hours, working more, more time than uh, that's completely necessary. So, um, so, you know, there's, 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 there's a plus points on all fronts. SubhanAllah. That's, uh, that's really interesting to hear. And, you know, as you mentioned, I feel like a lot of this is already within our religion, subhanAllah, and like kind of like Islam really forces you to that to that balance, even though you, even though even if you try to push away from it, like even for example, something as simple as like when you look at Ramadan, Ramadan is kind of like forcing everyone. It forces the Muslim world to come to a grinding halt. And everyone for that one month for 30 days is like, all right, whatever you're focused on, like put that aside. Now it's time to worship Allah and focus on that. And um you know, subhanAllah, it kind of like really just kind of grounds us into that, into always reevaluating what is important and then reevaluating how we spend our time. And it prevents you from being too caught up in the day-to-day -to, -day to a point where it overcomes everything else and really just takes over your life. Exactly. Um, and I think that's really beautiful, alhamdulillah. And when you, when you retire, you're not going to remember the hours you spent in the office, right? You're gonna spend yeah. like you're gonna remember the memories that you built with like your loved ones and things like that. So um, yeah. So we've got, we we have to remind ourselves. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who um, can get lost within their careers and within their businesses and what they're trying to build. But um, yeah. these are the things that we kind of have to use, as you mentioned, um, to remind ourselves to keep that balance. 
hundred percent brother. How can we connect with you better? How can our listeners go and inshallah work with you if, if whether it's through, through the recruitment agency or even, uh, just listen to your stuff. We're gonna drop all the links in the comments, but if you can just give us a quick shout. So, um, our recruitment business is a CTRL recruitment.com. Okay. And, um, if you want to check out my uh, the creative side of things, then you can uh, look me up on Instagram, which is uh, uh, Mokan Official, um, and also the same on YouTube. So for my YouTube channel, it's uh, Mokan Official as well. Amazing, Mashallah. Well, thank you so much for that. We're going to make sure to drop the links in the description, guys, or the episode notes wherever you're listening. So check it out. Make sure to check out Mokan. He's also on Spotify, M-O-K-H-A-N. And he has an amazing playlist that I absolutely love. Uh, it's called Muslim Vocal Vibes, I think, if I remember correctly. Something along one. those lines. <laughs> right. So that's it. Was a, it's a really cool playlist. Check it out. He links to it in his Instagram as well, where it's like a combination of him and other amazing Muslim Nasheed artists. So if you're someone who listens... Uh, to you know mainstream music give that a shot and maybe you know maybe that's going to be a way for you to kind of quit music for good inshallah um, Mo it was an absolute pleasure brother I really enjoyed our conversation thank you so much for your time man and hopefully we'll get to do this again soon inshallah inshallah thank you very much take care you too assalamu alaikum alaikum